right. Welcome, everyone, to the Certified Skills and AI podcast. Uh, as always, we have our Chief Revenue Officer, Buzz Walker, and today's guest, uh, Chakri, Senior Vice President at Signity. How's everyone doing? Doing great. Doing well. Good to see you. And welcome. Thank you. Thank you for having me. It's great to have you. And as always, we discuss AI, everything AI, and the innovation that that's taking place in the world. Um, Chakri, we'd love to hear a little bit about your company and the the, the big uh, impact it's having within the AI space. Sure, definitely. Signity is a digital engineering organization based out of uh, uh, Dallas, Texas. Uh, they do have their uh, offshoring centers across all over the world and um, predominantly in India, based out of Hyderabad. Uh, we serve in multiple countries and multiple geographies in the digital engineering space. Uh, in the last uh, few years, uh, the impetus has always been on the AI side of it. Uh, uh, to start off, Signity uh, has a rich context from a quality engineering background and uh, what it has been serving in the quality engineering aspect of it where we uh, started out more in the uh, self-healing kind of uh, uh, automation aspects of it, and then uh, writing its own scripts in star. That's where uh, we do have the AI um, journey started off. And then um, after, uh, uh, it, it's been a year and a half, we've acquired an organization on the data and the analytics space, uh, which also brings in a lot of AI-related uh, capabilities and competencies into the fold. Uh, so currently we are on the journey where how we would be able to impact the customer through the two RAI solutions uh, based both uh, on the quality engineering and the digital engineering side of it. What is digital engineering for the, for the average person out there? I think people understand engineering, but what is digital engineering? Yeah, that's a good question. Uh, um, so Anything uh, impacting the customer experience from a digital uh, standpoint is what is digital engineering uh, has been called out. And in the digital world, uh, predominantly most of the clients have been into the transformation of their business use cases uh, using the digital side of the story. Because at the end of the day, uh, consumers, how are they connected uh, through their experience Digitally, whether it is a mobile application or a kiosk or a web application, how are their experiences getting enhanced or bettered? That's where the whole uh, facet of uh, digital engineering comes into picture. And what what was it like in the past year since the emergence of ChatGPT and OpenAI on on the function of your business? Seems like you've been in this space for a while, but you know, in the last year, I've, you know, we've seen even companies that are have been experienced with the emergence of OpenAI and ChatGPT, it completely shifted the way they think about AI. Yeah, it's uh, the good thing of uh, all of these emergence of the ChatGPT and the OpenAI part of it. It has um, taken it to the masses, to be uh, honest, in terms of how it used to be to a select few uh, organizations or enterprises who had the ability to do it and execute it on the large scale. Uh, ChatGPT and OpenAI has put it in the space where any open source would uh, bring the uh, its effects into the whole ecosystem. That's how OpenAI and ChatGPT has made 
the organizations to think through and start looking at ideas in terms of how can we use AI and what are the places and what are the features that would really enable us uh, to a much better perspective. So um, if you have to draw a very generic parallel in terms of it, uh, 20 years back, there was no Google at all. Uh, everything has to be indexed and searched uh, very difficultly, and most of it used to be uh, nothing digital in space of it. Uh, neither uh, all of it is just through books and running through different uh, uh, brains, uh, picking up uh, people's brains and understanding what is happening in that space. But when Google has come forth with the search engine, a lot of things have come into picture where people have started looking at it, internet, searching things, indexing it, and getting information. So if you look at it from a chat GPT, it's no more, no, no better than that in, in certain terms of it, but it is also thinking through from uh, a human uh, mind perspective on what could be delivered and what is the context behind somebody uh, asking this question and what could be given a better response to it. If you look at it from that, it has been fed through the information what we already do have. So a lot of organizations can use it uh, to build their own uh, uh, search engines and search ecosystem, if I have to put it in very simple and layman terms. It seems like digital engineering is sort of a broad term, covers a lot of areas. Um, when you think about the the problem companies are facing, what are some of the, the challenges that you see that your services sort of uh, address uh, within companies? So if you look at it from um, AI perspective, let's uh, I'll, 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 I'll dwell into the AI uh, and go back to the digital part of it. Uh, from there are multiple AI models, the machine learning algorithms that are put into test and it is giving some information in terms of it, whether it is you want to do a predictive maintenance part of it uh, for a particular thing, or you want to predict defects or reduce defects from software lifecycle. But are these models tested well? Are these actually uh, being time tested in terms of it? Because we understand and we get excited when something as AI and ML comes into the space, but at the end of the day, are we actually doing any justice in terms of whether this is being validated very well? And what types of validations are we doing? Are we doing uh, a level one, level two, level three, or a level four, or a level five validation? And what kind of systems are we there? And what is the risk in terms of it? So a lot of banking organizations have uh, done um, credit risks assessment. If you took it, take it from a financial risk assessment, I get a credit because of of my portfolio or my uh, profile, but what is the risk that is associated with me, which they do not know about it or perceive about it? Because credit score is one particular dynamic or an attribute of a particular individual to give that. So the appetite for the risk management from a customer and appetite from a risk management from the um, uh, banking, what is the model that is being employed and how well are we able to test it and are we validating it in the right fashion? So looking at all of those, that's one aspect of it. And actually from a quality engineering or a testing standpoint, you can validate the uh, going back to your question on the digital engineering part of it. It's a broad spectrum, as you rightly said, and a lot of organizations are looking at at the end of the day, what is the business going to serve with it? It's not on the 
IT is a more of an um, ancillary uh, organization for a business, and how well is it propelling its business case, and how well the digital is helping them, whether the digital footprint or the digital activities that are helping them gain certain amount of business to them, or are they making the customer happy and come back to it, or are they enticing the customer to come into you? Uh, are we doing something marketing uh, to them so that they would come to you and henceforth they would stick and the churn ratio of a customer is one of the bigger challenges for the business so there should be lesser churn in different organizations and different industries so how well can we attract them? so all of this forms in terms of certain business cases in the digital side of it and how well are we able to enable them in the right fashion so that it doesn't blow back on themselves in terms of it so that's where we partner and try to solve it yeah it's definitely interesting you know i'd love a love a buzz for you to chime in you know this is an interesting space it seems like it's a new space when it comes to thinking about um digital digital engineering with this philosophy with, with the ai sort of mindset um what role do you see uh in training your customers in this process you know it seems like you're providing some services on your end but then the customer on the other ha- side has to understand what's going on and, and perhaps manage the process. So I'd love to hear your thoughts on that and some of the skills training that's involved there. So uh, from my perspective, Arbaz, uh, in terms of it, um, if you look at it, um, none of these activities will be um, will be happening from one one side of the spectrum itself. We need the customers to be part of it. And uh, uh, in fact, the customers driving this because they know their business very well. What we do know about it is that how well can we execute it and implement it? So the centrifugal idea of it comes from them. And sometimes we do help them out in strategically advising that what has worked for some of them in the uh, similar past or similar kind of uh, footprint and what hasn't worked out getting those experience into it. Uh, but to, to in, in the terms of uh, actually training the customers and kind of getting them understand it, not all of them do have the uh, capabilities and competencies to have it in-house, but they do have certain individuals who have this knowledge and who have this experience. We are uh, augmenting it to them in one certain way and at the same point of time also making it uh, more of a partnership model so that we they understand how we drive it and how we are collaborating with them. And in turn, some of their uh, individuals in their organization do get trained in this whole aspect of it because they're not in the training um, business, but at the end of the day, when you do partner with uh, your uh, customer, they would get a sense of it and rubs off that what could be done and how it could be done. And for them to take it forward after it is, what are the critical skills that are required for them to um, continue with it or how we can help them out in the journey of maintaining it and running through it. So that's how we deal with it. So you're, it seems like you're addressing a, a global skills gap that exists um, as sort of with the digital and the AI, there's a skills gap that all companies seem to have and that's growing. And then um, but I would imagine you yourself have to address that just from a talent pool to be able to 
build your own tools and technologies as well as implement with your customers. How, how are you addressing that? So that, that's a very good point, Buzz, because uh, this is something which is, um, I would not say, very uh, new to uh, the overall service organizations, but it is in the nascent stage. And understanding that we do have, need a combination of people in terms of it, when we look at a renewable, uh, a kind of a part team, which has a certain amount of business experience, certain amount of technology experience, certain amount of data-related experience. So there are different forms and facets of uh, competency that are required to run this. And while we do this, some of them, the good part of it is that the offshore development centers, what we do have in India, this talent is being going through and we are picking them up and nurturing and running through it. Signity has its own L&D uh, center. Uh, which focuses on some of these uh, specific hot skills where we would be able to train and uh, get people on board it so that uh, the skill is more of more important right now because we cannot have uh, someone unskilled into this particular aspect of it because it requires somebody from day one to understand and run through it. It's not mm -hmm. like, hey, I can logically think through it and run through it. Uh, that's a mindset but at the end of the day, you need uh, people having that skill. And it's it's a kind of a, I'll not say it's a factory model, but still you need to uh, train and reskill and uh, run this over a day period of time. And since we have seen this as an opportunity inside the organization, we have put a focus on what are the areas that are required, core areas that are required for the team to be trained on. And do you look for any employees that are already certified in particular areas or um, do you do any uh, internal certifications yourself in order to prove they have the skills or, or hope that they get up and running faster in the particular area that you need them to perform in? Yeah, so getting people um, in, into the organization with certain experience is always a good thing to have. Uh, but of course, there is a dearth of uh, always the people in terms of it, how much ever we, we find them good, there is certain amount of uh, skill upscaling that needs to be done. So what we do in the organization is that uh, once we uh, have the people, we run through them the program. And of course, when we run through the program uh, of uh, getting scaled uh, or upscaled, it again depends upon how well are they doing. So we need to certify them internally. And we also encourage them to have the certifications uh, from the market. We, uh, that would be a great uh, fit for them. So that way they would also have the confidence that they have uh, learned a lot in terms of it. But to your question, the LND team also has their own certification program so that uh, they are up to speed and they are good to go. Well, one thing we hear a lot is that, you know, with the emergence of AI, software programmers, developers, people that are very uh, in the nitty gritty of these, uh, of the pro on the programming side, their jobs are readily being taken away by this AI automation. The AI is able to write code, test the code, and ultimately, run through most of the stuff that they would do on a regular basis. How true is that? What do you sort of predict the trend is going to go with AI and, you know, the software, the technical side of all this? Uh, 
it's it's been like that i'll give you an example when uh, back in the days when there was doing a lot of manual testing uh, in terms of it and automation tools have come into picture and then they said that the automation testing or automation tools will take away the job of individuals but at the end of the day they need somebody to run these programs and actually understand and deliver it in the similar sense of it ai is an enabler but it is not uh, it it could be a disruptor in certain ways but human intelligence cannot be taken away uh, from anywhere and at the end of the day i feel that um, if you look at it from the past to now uh, getting skilled and having putting that intelligence into play is important for any individual at the same way you might have to up your game and run through it but that doesn't generally replace anyone there are still manual testers there are still a lot of jobs in the market which really need human intelligence and artificial intelligence will only be an enabler or an accelerator to it but not a replacer that that's that's how i see it where would these people that are software developers, people that are actively in the space, how would they upskill? Where do they upskill at this point? Is there an opportunity for them to upskill and where do they even begin? So the, the important aspect of it is the AI is that if you go to the crux of it and the basis of it, you need to understand certain amount of programming language. And if you look at it from the whole data science aspect of it, you need math. Even the computer science, you need math. So if you're good at those in the logical aspects of it, you just need to understand a different form of it and run through it. But if you want to look at it from a more of a um, stochastic algorithm, statistical understanding, it is at the end of the day, the basics that is needed for you to be upskilled in terms of it and really uh, learning yourself with the new languages and the way it has been implemented. So uh, I think a, a great start would be on the programming side from a Python or an R on the data aspect of it, which would be a good uh, initial uh, one to dare. But if you would like to really invest in the machine learning and the stochastic algorithms, I think going back to the math from a drawing board is more important. Do you, um, do you see yourselves when new employees join your company or new customers begin, do you have to sort of go through an entire training with them to help them understand this philosophy or is it past experience or do you see that you know, there there's a huge learning curve at the moment? It, it again depends upon uh, the learning curve always exists. Uh, how how big is the learning curve or how um, the maturity of the learning curve getting to the employees and the people? It all depends upon um, how well are they tuned to it and how well are they ready to accept and run through it. Because uh, all of this, a um, lot of organizations do also come to us and uh, when we are with the, working with the customer, they say that, hey, I understand you, your, your guys do a fabulous job. So why don't you pick our team and also uh, help them understand what you're doing? We can definitely help them understand. But at the end of the day, they also need to be tuned that certain things have to be learned on their own and run through it. So if we get to that uh, level of understanding that there is certain amount of learning curve for everyone, then it's it's an easy fix. Otherwise, it's always there is a gap in terms of what's the expectations versus the reality. 
Yeah, it's interesting. You know, in a, in a, in some of our past podcasts, you know, Buzz and I have had these conversations, and there's sort of this debate between, you know, whether AI could do the training or do we need some actual training programs that they need to go through where they have to go through the actual certification and credentialing and actually learn, acquire the skills. You know, what's your thoughts on that? Do you see the future AI just training the people on the job or do you see the role of credentials still being relevant? That's a good point. See, um, if I take an example, Khan Academy, one of the leading education uh, portal in the uh, US for uh, kids in terms of it, they have gone towards AI in terms of what if I have to, if my kid has to understand a certain subject or a certain uh, concept, he would go through it. And there are certain prompts in terms of where he can run through it and make it more interactive for him to see that something which he is not able to understand in the context and he asks a question because if you look at it in online training our program is always sometimes not really helpful because if the kid is not able to understand where he's coming from or he loses the track then definitely he's off the charts because the online program continues and the self-study program but whereas in an ai aspect of it if you use it for the best of the abilities and the way it could understand the context where the kids ask questions and how they are coming at and put that intelligence into the system, definitely it would be a turning a leaf across in terms of how you can you can train. So if if taking that example and putting it in the corporate world and asking AI to train, it's always a good uh, way to start off because you're pulling away. Lot of things. So even in the generative AI standpoint, a lot of organizations are using it to make sure that the information what the employees sought out for are being able to provide it to them in quick quick rather than running through different uh, Wikipedia's and different uh, journals to get that information out. So it's always good. It is it is good in terms of it, but at the end of the day, all the systems of the AI are designed by humans. So Anywhere it goes back to the human intelligence part of it. If AI is failing, the human intelligence is also failing. Well, it can only perform as well as it's been trained to perform, right? At at the end of the day. And so it it has to be trained. You you can imagine in some areas that there's enough information, enough input that it can be trained. But, uh, you know, part of the, the humans looking into it is how do all the pieces fit together? from a puzzle standpoint, how do you integrate it? How do you pull in other bits of data or other items to be able to pull it in where from situation to situation, client to client, it all may be different. And so it's really taking um, not a person's ability just to put a button and respond back to a question, but really understand what the tool is that they're using and um, building that into the training and then you know figuring out how to certify that the person has the the soft skills the hard skills the interoperability skills to be able to do a particular job which uh, extends beyond just being able to quickly create a module with ai and so we, we see certainly lots of innovation is going to happen in the the training area in particular using AI and ML. But at the same time, there's this the, the, this piece that we all still have to figure out how to be able to put it together. And that's where 
our architects and our analysts and, and others really come into play. And those jobs are going to be even more important going down the road. That's true. If you had well, one takeaway message for the uh, up and coming uh, software developers and people entering this space, what would it be? Get your basics right in the software field. If you do have your basics and you have the passion to run through what you are looking at, I think that's a that's a good and great start. Get the basics right. Don't fear the AI. Fear the AI. Get ready for the AI. What are, what are your thoughts on that? <laughs> yeah, get ready for the AI. Uh, it's you don't need to fear fear anything. If uh, I don't think AI can beat the human intelligence. Interesting. Yeah, there's uh, there's two sides to that debate. You know, some people just think the human intelligence is going to be done away with at some point. <laughs> like the massive AI brain. Yeah, but we can all go to the beach and drink our Mai Tais then or something. Yeah. <laughs> all right, Chakra, it was great speaking with you. Great connecting. Great gaining insight. Uh, we appreciate you taking out your time to be on our podcast. Yeah, thank you. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you, Chakri. Thank you. Thank you, Liz. Uh -huh.